hello, 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 and welcome to the Dig a Little Deeper podcast. Hello, everyone. It is so good to be with you today. We've got something very exciting following on our, um, I guess from our last episode, talking about some Bible cliches. <laughs> yeah. But before we get there, hey, we really love hearing your feedback, any questions, comments that you have. Um, so if you do have questions or comments or thoughts or encouragements. <laughs> there is nothing I'd rather read. That's right. Feel free to uh, send Love them through it. and you can contact us um, a bunch of different ways, including on Instagram at, uh, at dig a little deeper underscore podcast. Yeah. Get cool. in touch with us. Well, we're talking about cliches and I guess they're, they're sort of cliches that are formed around Bible concepts uh, or what are assumed to be Bible concepts. They certainly sound biblical when you say them. And just a reminder that, um, you know, what a cliche literally means is uh, something that has an element of truth in it, but it doesn't require a lot of thought. It's not an original thought. It's, it's when we just repeat something that tends to sound like it sounds right. It sounds right. It yeah. sounds right. It fits. You know, yeah. it fits. Um, and what we want to look at today, following on from last week, is the problem with thinking or saying God is on our side. Now, you would have heard that said a hundred times. <laughs> oh, yeah. God is on our side. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I know that we are trying to be a little bit provocative, that's for sure, just to get us to think, to stop and really think about sometimes what we're actually saying, because sometimes what we're saying and what people are hearing are two very different things. Yeah. Um, so I know what we're trying to say. You know, we're trying to say God is for me, not against me. Uh, 100% true, Levi. 100% true. <laughs> 100% true. Um, God wants me to win and to overcome. Absolutely. You know, to get going in life and, and live free. Absolutely. Uh, there's two swear two jars swear for jars. us. <laughs> his grace, grace and, and power, his strength for me, it's there for me. He's empowering me. Um, and, and I should be receiving all of that. Yeah. True? Yeah, all great images and great pictures. So I guess what's the problem? What's the problem? Well, first I want to tell you a story. <laughs> I was in primary school. I, I, I can't remember how old I was, but I used to go and wait at the bus stop and there was a uh, secondary kid that used to wait at the bus stop. It was a big sort of a guy, a bit of a bully, and uh, bullied me around a bit and then one day he actually put my head down a toilet. Didn't put my face in the water, but, you know, he, he upended me and tipped me down towards the toilet, the kind of things that used to happen back in the 70s, yeah. you know. And... Um, uh, at that point, I don't know where it came from, but I just said to him, my big brother will come after you. Now, my big brother's seven years older than me, was probably, might have been two years older than him. Um, and this guy knew my big brother. My big brother is not like me. My big brother's built with a big barrel chest like a beer keg and, you know, he's sort of a man's man. And, and he was way back then. He was like, you know, a top dog back then. So my satisfaction when I saw the fear <laughs> in the eyes of this older bully when I threatened him with my older brother. Um, I'm just telling that story because I, I think that's something we would all like to be able to call yeah, on. Yeah, I think we all dream of it, right? Having access to, I suppose, a, a hero on tap. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's why, you know, 
revenge movies in that sense are so mm. popular where the bad guys get it, you know. The, oh, I reckon. The Takens and the yeah. the John Wicks where you, you yeah. kill my dog and I'll kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, we um, all want, we all, I mean, secretly I think we all want to see the bad guys taken down. That's right, yeah. Especially if people are doing bad stuff. There's that sense of, which I guess is positive in a sense yeah. that we have a, a desire for, to see injustice. Yeah. Um, but also... I guess we want to see it for ourselves as well. That's it. It's like, yeah, we just we, we want to be the ones who are avenged. Yeah, and I know. guess that's where it becomes problematic is when we're tempted to, I guess, cast God in that mould. As the big superhero. He's the yeah. big superhero that's getting people back for me. Um, he's the one that will swoop in and write all the things we perceive as wrong with the with one stroke of his mighty hand. Yeah. And obviously there's a picture of God bringing justice and justice is in, is in his hands. Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, maybe what we should do is look at some of these things maybe we unconsciously think. Yeah, and I think that's the key, what you said, that it's it's not necessarily conscious, and, and that's why if we're unaware of it, we're unaware of just how problematic it can be Yeah. Uh, when we make glib statements or cliches like God is on my side because that unconsciously can say other things to us right. or resonate in us. So, for example, um, if God's on my side... You're stuffed, you know. So basically, yeah. the moment we say God's on our side, it means by implication that He's not on someone he's else's. He's against someone else. He's against someone yeah. else. Um, and sometimes that then it can easily translate to the ability to justify our own actions. You know, even even actions with questionable ethics, mm. because well. God is on my side, you know, so who's yeah. going to touch me? God's on my side, so, you know, he's not on yours. And you can see this so clearly, you know, in different ways. I mean, one of the most dramatic to me is images from the First World War because uh, I'm a bit of a history buff around that. And and you see it. You see soldiers in the trenches. So, for example, British soldiers gathered around a few ammunition boxes and there's a Catholic priest or an Anglican priest and they're, they're having a communion service before they go over the top and they're praying for victory, they're praying God will be with them, all of that stuff. Mm. And, um, and then you see other images and you've got Germans in the opposite trenches mm. and a Lutheran priest or a Catholic priest and on upturned ammunition boxes Doing, doing exactly the same thing, the same thing. Yeah. and they're all praying. They're all praying for protection, which I, I think is great, but it also goes to the point where it's we're righteous, they're not, God's on our side, mm. therefore we should win. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's where it becomes a problem because that's a really difficult image to reconcile with Jesus, the Prince of Peace. I know what we're trying to say, yeah. but subconsciously it just has deeper deeper effects. Jesus doesn't have sides. Yeah, I guess Jesus is love your enemies. He's not I'll yeah. smite your enemies. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I guess you see it as well. And maybe one of the other, I guess, issues with this whole thought, and, and yeah, yeah, like why it comes across as your stuff, is we get sometimes so narrow thinking about what we want and mm-hmm. what our desires oh, is, and man. God's on my side, so he's going to help with my agenda. And then you get things like having a, a church event or a sporting event and praying for fine weather <laughs> while while there's farmers praying for rain, for rain. because they're yeah, in yeah, drought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, at the at the moment, it's quite the opposite. It's oh, people yeah. praying for rain and the farmers saying, <laughs> a lot of stop. them saying, please stop. Please but, stop. Um, 
you know, it, you yeah, get this, and, and, and you we, get so really narrow-minded. Yeah, in your own, this is what I want, and yeah. this is my agenda. Yeah. Um, where it can be much more powerful to look broadly and say, no, what what's God actually doing? How yeah. can I how can I partner with what He's doing broadly rather for than all just people for all people yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. just for me? Because we see it uh, so graphically here in Toowoomba, because we are a regional centre. We're the gateway to the Darling Downs. And so we're surrounded by rich, fertile farming land and farms and cattle and all of that stuff. And uh, and yet, yeah, we, we've seen it in the past. We can be in the middle of a massive drought. And I, I love it. It starts to get cloudy. You, yeah, you, yeah. you hear Christians praying in a prayer meeting about an event, you know, that, that it's not going to rain on our barbecue. And over the hill, literally over the hill. You've got farmers who are just like desperately crying out. Yeah, yeah. So it's crazy, eh? So the first problem is if God's on my side, then you're stuffed. Yeah. What, what else can uh, you say? I think if God's on my side, you're wrong. Mm. In, in other words, you know, if we think he's our, like, he's on our exclusive side. Um, in human terms, what that, what that means is he's not on anyone else's side, sort of that doesn't think like us, look like us, act like us. So if God's on my side, you're wrong. If you're not doing it the way I do it, if you're not thinking the way I think, if you're not believing what I believe, you're wrong. And I guess this is where we've seen people um, over the years twist God to, or yeah, twist God to kind of make things like racism and slavery and um, all those kind of things okay because God's on my side he's not on yours yeah that's it I mean I, I've my view of the world is right so again going back to that George Bernard Shaw quote I think it's him I mean several people have been attributed to it but you know that God created man in his image and then we returned the favor mm. and and that's what this is where it's like well God thinks the way I do we're not going God's thoughts are higher than mine yeah we're thinking I think this way therefore God must think this way if yeah. God's on my my side, you're wrong if you don't think like me mm. um, or if you don't look like me. Yeah. So again, slavery, racism, those kind of things were perpetuated by that thought of God is exclusively mine. Yeah, or pa- I guess like patriarch. Patriarchy? Is that yeah, the way patriarchy, Patri- yeah. Those, like the oh, whole, like, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I don't know, God... Very much like God is a man, so he must be against yeah, women. Yeah, exactly thing. right. I mean, uh, and that's another whole episode, probably looking at the uh, the gender of God, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but really, uh, practices where men dominate women, mm. you know, and it has been. I mean, the Bible has been used to empower that. Oh, it still is. Undeniably. Yeah. Um, and it's got to come down. I mean, Galatians 3, Paul talks about, uh, not it, you know, it, he literally says it does not matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. You know, if you're within the covenant community of Israel or out, it doesn't matter whether you're a slave or a free person. It does not matter whether you're a man or a woman. All of these things, he says, basically, you belong together because you belong to Christ. So yeah. it doesn't matter your social standing. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your national identity. What Paul is saying is Jesus is on humanity's side. He's broken down mm. every traditional, classic, age-old tradition, barrier, glass ceiling yeah. is meant to be broken in Christ. Jesus is on humanity's side. We're mm. all made in the image of God regardless. And in the new mindset within the church has to be one of inclusion. Of course it does. Yeah. I mean, we've got to get our heads around this. I really, we've got to get our heads around that. Mm. Um, this is this is new creation thinking. 
you know, old creation thinking is, hang on a sec, you know, society has levels for a reason and um, we keep those people locked out for a reason and we, yeah. you know, um, we, we, uh, we look down on those people because, you know, everyone knows they're not as smart as us or everyone knows that whatever. Mm. Um, our world doesn't think like that break down the barriers. I mean, our world's still struggling to do it. Even It's doing it in some weird ways, I think. But It's doing it in some ways and not in others. In some ways and not in others. You know, you've got this incredible cry for equity in one area, but it doesn't matter if you walk over people and create inequity in to other, do it. Yeah. So I, I, I don't yeah. know. But the church... <laughs> you open up to one side and close out the other side. But hey, yeah. and hey, before we blame our world too much, the We've, fact is the, the church... has been some of the worst. It has it? not got this right and yeah. we're meant to be leading the charge on it. Yeah. And, you know... And some of that go. issue comes from this thinking of if God's on my side... That's it. ...then you're wrong. Yep. What else? What other... I think, uh, I think classic, if God's on my side, you're out. Yeah. You're out. So... This whole them and us, you know, those who are inside, those who are outside. And we like we create outsiders, which is ironic because Jesus, again, just Jesus came to bring us all together. Mm. You know, um, another great passage is Ephesians 2. Paul says that in Christ, you who were far off or you who were, were on the outer have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And he's mm. talking to the church at Ephesus, a Gentile church, for he himself is our peace, talking about Jesus, who's made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. And so Amazing. what you had, there were, were uh, obviously it was a Gentile church, but had uh, Jewish influence was everywhere. Jewish believers had brought the faith to them. Um, Paul, you know, and others that followed. And so basically Christianity's complex Jewish roots weren't a hindrance. You know, even though Jesus was a Jewish rabbi, and what Paul was saying is like in Christ, he's he's broken down all those divisions, yeah. all that old stuff. It's that's why out, yeah. that's why Paul always ramped up when someone tried to put Jewish law onto Gentile believers. You yeah. know, it was like, no, 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 like live the way God's created you to live. But all these other things, including circumcision, that is not what this is about. Mm. Um, so Jesus' whole purpose really was to bring people to Himself. There, there should not be an ethnic divide. Yeah, and that what that's what Paul's talking. When you're talking Jew and Gentile, you're talking a massive um, ethnic split in that sense or, you know, that they had nationalised God. And Paul is saying, no, 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 he is for everyone, mm. you know. Yeah, and, like, I guess that's where the, that wall often gets put up is between be- believers and, quote-unquote, non-believers or whatever you want can to be, say. Can be, can be, yeah. And I guess then the issue becomes um, if we look at it in a, in a sense of as we reach out to people, if he's on my side, then you need to change sides. Again, you're wrong yeah. and you need to come to my side because God is here. He's not where you are. Yeah. Um, rather than trying to help people to understand and recognize that God's already at work within their life. That, come on. Yeah. That God's not just here with me on my yeah. side. He's in your life as well. Even though you might not claim to follow him, he's yep. still at work. Yeah. Um, and helping people recognize that rather than saying, you need to change everything to be more like me because yep. that's where God is. He's on yeah. my side. Well, Paul addresses that thinking and, and, you know, I guess I have as a believer really struggled to really inculcate this into my value system and in a way that comes naturally. I still have to work on it, not mm. seeing people in and out. Uh, but Paul addresses it way back in the book of Acts in, his, his, in one of his great preachers and he says, 
um, of, of God in him. We live and move and have our being. Literally, mm. we exist within him. Uh, and this is the problem with an existent God rather than an insistent, insistent God. God, you know, that that we exist because we're sort of, we're these objects in a sense, but God is insistent. He is in all things. He upholds all things by the word of his power. He's omni uh, omnipresent. He's everywhere, which means he's at work in someone outside of the church walls just as much as he is inside. Mm. Um, They might be seeing things different. They might not have sort of walked into a patch of light where things become clear to them in a spiritual sense Mm. might be the way we look at it. But to say that he's not at work, to say he's not on their side is crazy. Mm. Um, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Uh, Romans 5.8, while you were still sinners. Christ died for you. I mean, God is on everyone's side. That's right. Yeah, it's more accurate to say God is on our side in the sense of everyone. That's it. Yeah, That's yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. God is on our, our side. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So how do we get there? How do we get to a God is on my side? I guess where are the, the images of that coming from? Yeah, well, look, I, I do think it is an image issue. I think we can have poor or incomplete images of God. Often when we refer to early pictures and metaphors of God that, re- that that sort of reflect earlier people's revelation we get there so um, you know just from the Old Testament pulling out one of the, one of the names given to God Jehovah Nissi the Lord our banner is literally what it means and the whole concept was as we go into battle God's our banner over us mm. and you know I'm not saying that uh, that God doesn't go before us and that God can't make a way that God can't be our our banner. Mm-hmm. which is a motive really for our identity. Um, it's The problem is, is when those ancient images cause us to conjure in our imagination like an image of God that's actually contrary to how God revealed himself in Christ. So, mm. again, that God's this big warrior that's going to smite our enemies before us. And it's like, uh, yes, an ancient tribal people did see God that way, without a doubt. Yeah. That was, and, and do I believe God goes before us and makes a way in that spiritual sense Absolutely. now? Absolutely, yeah. Totally. And yeah. you just went in the swear jar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a good word. <laughs> such a good word. Maybe we shouldn't ban yeah, it. We yeah, should, yeah, we just need to minimize we, it. We should minimize it and lease it out. <laughs> but you're right, there's, it's not... Not like this. Uh, the concept of it now is not so much. Yeah, like he's putting down other people for me to yeah, yeah. rise up. But yeah. yeah, he's making a way, and yeah, he's giving me opportunity. Yeah. And yeah. I believe he's going to prepare the ground. So you know, classic. If I want to share faith with a friend, and and I'm gonna, I know I'm going to be spending time with a friend. I'll pray into that mm. and say, Lord, just make a way. Just help them open their heart. Help give me words yeah. that are going to be meaningful and not crush them or or not you know, sort of just deflect them, but help me empower this process. Yeah, go before me and prepare the way. That's it. You're at work in them. I believe you're at work in them. I believe you're on their side. You love them. You want them to come to a full understanding and into a full relationship with yourself because that's where their life will thrive. And I can pray into that and believe that God goes ahead of me before we even meet. Yeah. And and that's going to be really, really helpful and meaningful for them Mm. and for their journey. So, yes, I absolutely believe it. The problem is, uh, is if we have an image of that warrior tribal warlord god yeah. image who's going to go in and smite our enemies what what are the enemies that god's going to smite for us it's going to be stuff like unbelief mm. a spirit of unbelief or a spirit of doubt or stuff that's been sowed into their lives they had a bad experience with someone who claimed faith in christ mm. so it's that stuff that god can i think supernaturally dissolve and mm. melt a heart open a heart 
Um, so I fully believe that, but ultimately all of those old images must be filtered through the one who said, if you've seen the Father, or if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's yeah. that's what Jesus said. So the whole concept is that this identity thing, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner, that develops in the New Testament into Christ as our identity. Yeah. This is what Paul says in Colossians, that we're in him, that our lives are hidden in God in Christ. So he's our identity. Mm. When God looks at us, he doesn't see us with all our foibles and shortcomings and brokenness and the stuff we'd rather forget. God looks at us and sees Christ in us. Yeah. So does some of the issue come from, I mean, both those images are, quote unquote, in the Bible. Yeah. Like you see Jesus as the image of God, yes, but also yes. you see that as well. And often we try and do a mashup. Yeah. And we try and pull together these ancient images. Instead of going, hang on a sec, we should be looking at ancient images through the lens which is Christ. Yeah. Like, what does that say to us of the nature of Christ? Yes, he does go before us. Mm. Ancient people's thought were literally into battle with them and with spears and knives and kill other mm. human beings made in the image of God. For us, it is believing and understanding that God does want to go away, uh, go, go ahead of us and make a way um, through enemies, as I said before, like mm. unbelief and doubt and false doctrine or whatever it might be, mm. make a way for people to come to a full knowledge of the truth. So um, it's just understanding, I guess, the the arc. Yeah, the arc of Scripture in that. Yeah, yeah. You know, what the, the, the Bible is, I guess, the story of the progressive revelation of God to people. And yeah. they had an image back then, but now we've got a more complete image. Yeah, you know, the Bible didn't just drop out of nowhere. It didn't just drop out of the heaven. It came through human writers, and mm. could I just say very human writers yeah, yeah. when you read some of their works and you look at some of the quirks and personality stuff. Mm. Um, and it's really what Scripture is, is this record of successive generations getting clearer pictures of God, and God gets clearer and clearer you know, things begin with, um, you know, revelations like, no, I don't want you to sacrifice your children. Mm. And then it goes to, no, I don't want you to sacrifice animals. I want you to practice justice and mercy mm. right through to what ultimately culminates in Christ. You know, when Jesus could say, if you've seen the far, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, you, you know, the way I love to put it is you'll never see God clearer than in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah. you know, holding on to those earlier images, you know, less defined images, incomplete images, they're not wrong. They're just facets of the diamond. Yeah. You know, they're not the whole diamond. You see, Jesus, you've got the diamond. That's right. Yeah. And so holding on to them, sort of like keeping a photo um, of a loved one from earlier years because you don't like the way they currently look. Yeah. You know, so if we're tempted yeah. to flick back to an earlier image, um, you know, I, I think of it my own life. You know, by the time I turned 20, this is an embarrassing thing I've got to admit. <laughs> by the time I turned 20, some of the girlfriends I had actually wanted my year 10 photo <laughs> from like five years earlier um, because it was basically before my nose grew and my hair started to fall yeah. out. And so um, it's funny because I, over the years, it's like, oh, that's a cute photo of you. I remember even your mum, when she saw it, she said, oh, you were cute back then, weren't you? Yeah. It's like, what about now? <laughs> now. <laughs> um, thankfully, she thought I was cute enough. But um, uh, imagine if, if now that's the picture that my wife, Sue, carried in her wallet. Mm. Would that be a bit weird, you know? 
But it's me. It's definitely me. But it's not the most recent or accurate picture of me. Yeah. So imagine your mother showing my grade 10 school photo to people saying, this is my husband, Chris. Yeah. You know, there'd be nothing but silence and stunned looks. Well, well I've got a bone to pick here, actually. <laughs> I don't know if you know where we're going, but no. this is a back, a back, a little bit of a, a same, same, same vein, this story. Yeah. When I was about in, I think it was third grade, uh, dad decided to cut my hair. <laughs> And because he had a shaved head, he thought it'd be a good idea to shave my head. Oh, I remember the buzz cut. Yeah, so he gave me a buzz cut. And then school photos were like three days later. And for at least 15 years, that was the photo in Dad's wallet. (laughs) was the photo of me with a shaved head from grade three. So just as we're talking about holding on to preferred images. (laughs) So we all do it. But we do it with God, don't we? We, What's the most convenient image of God for me to hold now? Is it a... Is it a smite my enemies kind of God or is it a loving God when I've made a mistake? That's, it's much better to have it, a gracious it, image. Isn't that funny? Like yeah. I think you've just hit a real thing where it's like, yeah, we so quickly flip. It's like he's a tribal warrior for me. Yeah. King at the head of an army, smiting my enemies. To me personally. He's the lamb. Oh, yeah, thank he's you. the lamb. Yeah, I don't want the lion right now. I just want the <laughs> I want lamb. The lamb yeah. And um and it's like, no, I don't think we can have it both ways. Jesus is all those things. Yeah. And it can all be found in Christ. But, um, again, going back to the, the whole thought, when we attempted to think and, and say or see God as on my side, God is on my side, I know what we're trying to say. He's mm. with me. He's for me. Yes, yes, and amen. Mm. When that becomes a thought that becomes exclusive, because God's on my side, he's not on yours. Because he's on my side, you're wrong or whatever yeah. else that's when it becomes problematic. And um, I think we've got to really ask ourselves the question is, the way I see God, is that filtered through the person of Jesus Christ? Mm. Yeah. That That's, I mean, Jesus is, it's as safe as you can get. Yeah. When it comes to getting God right, Jesus is as safe as it can be. Yeah. You know, that's why he came. Basically, Jesus had to come because we couldn't get our head around God. Mm. We couldn't get our head around him. Yeah, And so Jesus came, walked among us, laid his life down to show that God did not have an issue with us and that he would absorb our pain. Mm. And that's a great picture to understand. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that should be the one that we... We strive. We to live hold. out of. Yeah. We live out of. Yeah. You know, I think we've got to be so careful of justifying our actions by believing God's on our side. It's yeah. so easy to do. Yeah. Um, you know, oh no, God's with me. I'll, I'll, I'm going to do this or I'm going to say that. Yeah. Or I'm gonna... Rather than what would God have me do? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. Um, and and of course, one of the issues can be this superiority complex that I think. At times, God's people have projected. We'd have Mm. to admit it at times. um, That whole thought of, well, God's on my side. I'm better than you or I'm in a better place than you. You're out. I'm in. Um, You need a lot of work. At least I'm on the way. Oh, golly. Um, And basically, we sort of unwittingly, we can unwittingly condescend, you know, because of our relationship to God. We've got to be so aware of that and beware of that 
you know, do I only see other people that might not have the same experience with God as me as sinners or needy or broken? Or do I actually genuinely see myself in that same picture mm. that because of my broken, fractured human condition, I'm st- I'm still part of the problem. Mm. Um, thankfully, I'm on the, you know, I'm, I'm on the way up. Jesus is, uh, has rescued me, is rescuing me, will rescue me. You know, like there's a process in place where I'm, hopefully migrating out of being the center of the problem and part of the problem, but I can never really, I should never really divorce myself from Mm. the problem of humanity. You know, that this is my problem. This is our shared world, our shared humanity. It is our issue. Wherever there's injustice in the world, it is my issue. I have not transcended it. And of course, that's why God leaves us here. I've, Mm. I've, I've often wanted the question, you know, if um, if getting saved is about going to heaven, then maybe the best thing any good preacher could do is lead someone to Christ and then shoot them straight away <laughs> and send them straight to heaven. Isn't that the goal? Well, actually, it's not. The goal is that we would change yeah. and be God's, change things here on the planet. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and that we are part of the redemptive process of God renewing all things. Yeah, that's great. Mm. So I, I think that's I think that's so helpful. That might be it. I think that might be it. That might be it. Hey, well, thanks for joining us. High five, Levi. High five. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll see you uh, in the next episode when uh, Chris has hopefully removed that photo of me from his wallet. <laughs> see you then. Hey, everyone. It's Via here, a.k.a. Vanessa. Thanks for listening. If you loved it, leave us a rating or review. Join us next week as we discuss Don't Take It to the Bank. I love my gangster voice. In the meantime, you can check out the New Hope podcast for preaching from Chris and Levi or go and listen to a different genre of music to pass the time. Thanks again. Bye.